0: State of Illinois, Department of Public Welfare William G. Stratton, Governor Otto L. Batag, M.D., Director The Banner The banner of victory is a challenge to new valor. Illinois Braille and Sight-Saving School, Jacksonville, Illinois. Leo J. Flood, Superintendent. March, 1960. Number five. Student Problems Dramatized in Sociodramas. In March, the sociology class presented two plays in assembly. The first play was entitled, After High School, What? The following students took part: Mitchell Hughes, director; Helen Carter, moderator; Eugene Barton, father; Jo Bundy, mother; William Pointer, son; Dolores Kelly, counselor. The second play was entitled Do's and Don'ts on Dates. The following students took part: Billy Brown, Director. Jimmy Castleberry, Moderator. Evelyn Vandeveer, Counselor. Carol McAerty, Nancy. Patty Brown, Sally. Ray Erickson, Stan. Eugene Barton, Joe. Mr. Robert Blazier, Dean of Jonathan Turner Junior High School, Mrs. Gladys Rust, sociology instructor at Jacksonville High School, Patricia Crowcroft and Tom Long, students of Jacksonville High School, composed a guest panel to interpret and comment on the plays. Both dramas were cleverly presented and extremely well done. They gave the audience amusement as well as something to think about. All participants are to be congratulated. Mystery student. This month's mystery student has dark hair, dark eyes, is about five feet three inches tall, is rarely seen without gum, and loves to talk. Last month's mystery student was Raymond Erickson. Spring Carnival. On March 18, The student council will once again present their annual spring carnival in the gymnasium a variety of interesting activities have been planned bingo basketball shooting a prize walk dart throwing and many other games are scheduled our boy scout troop will raffle a cake a broom and a doormat in conjunction with other events events will start at 6 to 6:45 p.m. for the primary department and from 7 to 9:30 p.m. for all others. Come and have a good time. An infrequent event. On Friday, February 26, a rather unusual dance was given for the high school students, a leap year dance. The gymnasium was beautifully decorated with dark blue light blue and white crepe paper. Many students assisted in the work of decorating. The dance was held from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. A 14-piece band was on hand to provide the music. It had been feared that, owing to bad weather, the band would be unable to come. However, they arrived on time, and their playing was excellent. During the intermission, Our own students played and sang requested numbers. At this time, cupcakes, coffee, and hot chocolate from the dining room were served. Judging from the enthusiastic and excellent attendance, we assume that the girls must have been waiting for this opportunity quite a while. The Banner Editor-in-Chief Eugene Barton Assistant Editor Billy Ray Brown. Feature Reporters, Larry Ross, Evelyn Vandeveer. Sports Section, William Pointer, Mitchell Hughes, Richard Sperry. Grade School News, Carol Jean McCarty, Helen Carter, Patty Brown. Faculty Advisor, John Dietrich. Braille Consultant, L.W. Rodenberg. Editorials. What's it all about? A few weeks ago, all the high school classes were asked to vote on sending delegates to the annual IASC convention in Chicago, April 28 to 30. I doubt that there are many in the student body who do not know that it was decided that we send two members of our student council to this convention. Mike Garrett, president-elect, and Janet Ford, sophomore representative, accompanied by an adult advisor, will go to Chicago on April 28. As I said, everyone knows that the delegates are being sent. But how many know why? Or what the IASC does? Or, for that matter, what the letters IASC stand for? To begin with, IASC stands for Illinois Association of Student Councils. This group has such a convention each year so that representatives from student councils all over the state can get together and discuss their common problems, money-making projects, social activities, and all the many other duties of a good student council. We have a fine council, and I'm sure that we will not only profit by Mike and Janet's experiences, but some of our ideas may be of interest and help to some other school. To give you an idea as to what the IASC is and stands for, I shall present the following ten objectives of a good student council, as listed in the organization's regular publication, The IASC Reporter. These objectives are 1. To coordinate and promote school activities 2. To promote harmonious relations between students and teachers 3. To promote a growing appreciation of democracy 4. To aid the school by participating in the school management 5. To provide opportunities for leadership 6. To develop a school spirit. 7. To perpetuate high standards in moral conduct and self-control. 8. To promote the general welfare of the student body and school. 9. To encourage students to accept responsibility. 10. To provide systematic channels of communication. I think these objectives sum up the situation better than I could hope to do, so I will simply wish Mike and Janet luck and say that we are sure that we can all be proud of the wonderful job they will do. Billy Ray Brown Sports Corner Swimming Swimming season is here again, and the boys are working very hard so they will be in good condition for their meets this year here is the schedule for the meets. March 9, YMCA. March 17, YMCA. April 29, Missouri, away. May 8, Iowa, away. The following boys are out for swimming. Ron Johnson, Bob Coney, Ray Erickson, Lemuel Phipps, Gene Barton, Jim Crockett, Brent Rasmussen, Tom Honald, Norm Bolton, Bill Hickerson, Bob Massa, and Larry Donaldson. Odds and Ends The wrestling team has chosen Larry Donaldson and Ron Johnson for team captains for next year's squad. These two boys show great talent and leadership ability, and so be looking out for some rough going next season with many victories. Track Track season is underway once again at old IBSSS, and this year's squad has fine opportunities for success. Mr. Hallitzer feels that this year's conference meet will be one of the largest and one of the best ever held. We are pleased to inform you that the conference meet will be held here at our school this year. Mr. Hallitzer says that he expects all 11 schools to enter this meet this year. The largest number of teams to enter to date was seven. Here is a list of schools that Coach Hallitzer expects to enter our conference track meet this spring on May 14th. Kentucky, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Missouri, Minnesota, Nebraska, Kansas, South Dakota. Here is a list of boys who are out for track this season. Ron Johnson, Jim Crockett, Verl Wessel, Brent Rasmussen, Larry Stevenson, Tom Honnold, Lemuel Phipps, Norm Bolton, Gene Barton, Dan Crawford, Larry Donaldson, and Bob Massa. The following meets are scheduled. April 30, Missouri, away. May 7, Iowa, away. May 14, conference, here. Mr. Halliser says, We are going to be shooting for first place and hope to get there. But so are the other ten teams. Intramural Wrestling Another intramural wrestling meet has come and gone. The coaches have done their best to pass on their knowledge of holds and headwork to their teams. The referees have been cheered and booed as the individual fans preferred, and the mats have been rolled up for another year. Much excitement filled the gym on Thursday afternoon and evening of the meet, and the results are in. Winners in the various weight classes are as follows. Flyweight. Henry Johnson, Bob Trammell, Frank Spurlock, Dwight Seymour. Bantamweight. Tommy Pruitt, Keith Sepp, Fred Slight, Harold Cox. Featherweight: David Donaldson, T.J. Cravens, Ricky Parrish, Billy Zimmerman. Welterweight: John Hall, Lester Cameron, Dennis Bloomquist, Mike Lewis. Middleweight: John Wild, Gerald Spinner, Jimmy Rhodes, Bob Sanders. Heavyweight: Irvin Glenn. Richard Howe, John Schroett, Raymond Fisher. Roving Reporter The question your roving reporter asked this month is, Do you think there should be a compulsory study hall at night for high school students? Mr. Cargill Yes, provided that it is not too long and that there is some room for varying the time in order that unexpected special events can be attended. Ronald Johnson. Yes, I think a compulsory study hall would make it easier for the students to budget their time for their subjects. It would improve their work habits, which would be beneficial to all in the future. Mrs. Bosarti. Yes, because they need to learn how to study now, because if they go to college and can't study, they will be sunk. Alice Schmidt No, we should not have it. By the time you get to high school, you are old enough to do your own work on your own time. I have heard that something like this was tried before, and so it probably wouldn't work now. Christine Euchre. No, I think that when a student is our age, If he can't budget his time so that he can get his studies in, without having a particular study hall arranged for him, then that is just his hard luck and bad grades. Larry Stevenson No, it will tend to make students more resentful to studying. And also, most students do not study at the same time each night because they have different things to do each day. I believe a student should be allowed to study on his own. I think a student should develop his own initiative. Student Council Better Than Ever The members of the Student Council have been working hard, getting things ready for the spring carnival. It is a big task, but it is coming along just fine. Preparations are also being made for the prom. This year, we desire to send two representatives to the Illinois Association of Student Councils. Movie schedule. March 20, Angels in the Outfield. March 27, Kim. April 3, Tom Thumb. April 24, Cry Terror. Coming events. Student Council Carnival. March 18, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Steak Fry, April 20, Park, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Grade School News Birthdays These are the students who celebrate birthdays in March. Donald Meek, 9, March 1 Teresa Hubner, 10, March 2 Gail Workman, 10, March 11. Ricky Parrish, 10, March 14. Susan Thielen, 16, March 14. Dean Cox, 9, March 19. Kathy McCracken, 9, March 19. Vicki McElroy, 9, March 19. Stephen Warren, 9, March 20. Donald Wilkerson, 10, March 20. Pamela Clark, 11, March 21. Janice Harnettio 9, March 22. Charlotte Vincent, 12, March 24. Richard Howe, 13, March 29. Diana Noh, 9, March 31. THIS MONTH'S STORY MARY AND Kathy GO SHOPPING GIRLS, DO YOU KNOW THAT ONE WEEK FROM TOMORROW WILL BE EASTER? AND DO YOU KNOW THAT WE HAVEN'T EVEN BEEN SHOPPING FOR NEW BONNETS? I'M SURE FATHER WOULD BE HAPPY TO TAKE US THIS AFTERNOON. HE HAS TO GO INTO THE CITY ON BUSINESS ANYWAY. WOULD YOU LIKE TO GO? Kathy AND MARY BRIGHTENED AT MOTHER'S SUGGESTION. They loved to go shopping with mother and father, and it was a lovely day for the 20-mile trip to Capital City, where they always bought their Easter outfits. It was decided they would go right after lunch. As soon as the table was cleared and the dishes washed and put away, they all jumped into the car and headed for Capital City. It was a short, pleasant drive, and they were there almost before they knew it. Father left Mother and the girls at a large department store to do their shopping while he went on to attend to his business. The store was filled with many beautiful things, and it wasn't long before Mother had purchased a lovely blue dress and bonnet for Kathy and a yellow outfit for Mary. Now Mother had to shop for herself. She noticed that the girls were getting tired, so she bought each of them a small bag of chocolates from the candy counter and told them to wait there until she returned. Mary was fascinated with all the lovely things in the store and slowly wandered away from her little sister as she moved from department to department, completely enchanted by the beautifully displayed items. Kathy was tired And besides, she was still at an age when the chocolates interested her more than did any of the new clothes or bonnets. So she found a chair and sat quietly eating her candy. When mother returned, she found Kathy, but Mary was nowhere in sight. She and Kathy searched the store, but no Mary was to be seen. When father came, he helped, but to no avail. At last, they decided that she must have left the store. They looked up and down the street and in all the nearby stores. Father even called the police to join in the hunt. It was beginning to get dark, and all the stores were closing. One of the policemen suggested that Mother, Father, and Kathy go rest while the police continued the search. They were very tired and upset especially mother. She, like all mothers would be, was worried to death. Father led the way to where he had parked the car, a block or so away. The three sadly got into the front seat. They decided that they would go have something to eat, and then go to a hotel for the night, so that they would be on hand for any reports from the police. As Father started the car. "'a noise was heard in the back seat. "'They all looked back to see Mary, "'gazing sleepily at them. "'Oh,' she said, "'I must have gone to sleep. "'I couldn't find Mother or Kathy, "'so I came out, found the car, and... "'She yawned. "'What took you so long? "'I've been waiting for a long time. "'It's dark. "'Oh, Mary Lou!' Mother began sternly. But it was no use. Mary's sleepy eyes were again closed, and her head drooped. They drove quietly home, relieved at having found Mary safe, and happy with the lovely Easter bonnets they bought on this long-to-be-remembered shopping trip. Billy Ray Brown